The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn up sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, November 9th, 2023. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 1067. This is the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back as we are every day. We're inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They are a wonderful studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 1067. Lots to get to today. Uh, If you're with us on Thursdays, you know they are always jam-packed and guest-heavy. But we've added one more, and we're going to get to him in just a second. Um, Again, hope you're doing well on this Thursday, November 9th. We've got high school playoff football tonight for Lee Scott that I'll be on the call for later on. We've got Auburn high school playoff football tomorrow, Auburn men's basketball tomorrow, Auburn women's basketball tonight, of course, Auburn football on Saturday. I mean, it's just a busy, busy time around here uh, with everything we've got going on. And so here's the highlight of my day, though. The Milo's opened in Auburn today. Have you been over there yet? I did. I've been waiting on this day for months. I went over there. The drive through was wrapped around the building about eight times, and I sat in the line anyway, and it was fantastic. It was so worth it. I love Milo's, and I've been waiting on it to open up in Auburn, and it finally did. And so uh, that was the highlight of my day, really. Um, so I'm excited. We're doing good, man. We're miserably full and, and ready to go for what should be a wonderful show, as we always do on Thursdays. We'll have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network join us at 2.30. We'll talk about Tiger Talk tonight. We'll talk about, of course, Auburn and Arkansas coming up on Saturday. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll have Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge as the Tigers taking on Baker tomorrow in the first round of the playoffs. We'll talk to him uh, as they finished out the season last week and now getting prepared for the first round of the playoffs. So head coach Keith Etheridge will join us at 3 o'clock. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, will join us at 3.30 later on in hour number two, as we always do on Thursdays. But here to start today's show, I'm really excited for this, man. A great friend of mine, um, a guy that is, uh, I think he's the biggest name in Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas, great friend of mine, met him at SEC Media Days a couple of years ago, and man, this guy does it better than anybody. Ty, great to hear from you, man, great to have you on the show, and man, it's been too long, brother. Jacob, it has, man. Uh, It seems like SEC Media Days was uh, way too long ago. Uh, Auburn, the trip last year, was one of the best college towns I've ever been into, and it helped that Arkansas won. But excited to see what's in front of us on Saturday. I think it's going to be a really tight game. The line's only about like two and a half. Yeah, it just it continues to kind of float around there, and and Auburn making the trip to Fayetteville this weekend. Um, it's it's an interesting matchup because a couple of weeks ago, I don't think a whole lot of Auburn fans were 
too concerned with the game just because of how the season had been going for Arkansas but then all of a sudden they turn around and beat Florida in the swamp what's the season been like Ty kind of break it down for our listeners here in Auburn just what the Arkansas football season has been like so far pit of despair I mean you go to Baton Rouge lose by three you go to Oxford lose by seven Tuscaloosa lose by three lose Texas A&M again they've been the Aggies one time since they've joined the conference. Wow. That is just annoying as I'll get out. And that's when you mention over the Florida Gators, they've never won in the swamp before. And we know how tough Ben Hill Griffin Stadium is. And to finally do that was pretty remarkable for Sam Pittman and this football team. And now hosting an Auburn team, which they beat last year, uh, the previous two years they lost to. We know what happened in Jordan-Air Stadium in 2020 with Bo Nix and the Muff Spikes. So this is, this is going to be a highly intense game. I think Peyton Thorne has found something the last two weeks. K.J. Jefferson found something last week. I wouldn't be surprised if this game was in the 30s uh, tomorrow and started, excuse me, on Saturday starting at 3 o'clock. In the 30s. Is that is that more of a, uh, a highlight and shout-out for Auburn's offense figuring it out or maybe Arkansas's offense who seems to be figuring it out? I'd say a combination. I mean, Thorne, when I've watched him this year, yeah, he's been really inconsistent. But when he's clicked, like when he's got that running game going and that offense, we know Hugh Freeze is one of the best offensive minds in college football. And one of the reasons Albert hired him because of that and the fact he knows how to beat Nick Saban. So this is going to be the lowest point ever Auburn. It's going to be offensively under him. And for Arkansas, at points last weekend, uh, they couldn't stop Graham Mertz and the Gators. And I don't know if that was a byproduct of them being in the swamp or a byproduct of the defense finally letting up a little bit after like a, a really good stretch. Because even in those losses, they looked really good defensively. Like you, you had Milrow was like 50%, as was Jackson Dart, mm-hmm. and they were kind of hovering around there. So despite Arkansas losing six consecutive games, the defense has held up their end of the bargain. We'll see if they're able to do that on Saturday. I just don't – and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ty – just doesn't feel like the confidence was there in this football program going on the road to Florida, and rightfully so. A six-game losing streak that had BYU in there and Mississippi State to 7-3 to with as ugly as that game was. I mean, the vibes could not have been high going into the Florida game, but they've got to be pretty high coming out of it. Yeah, they're, you're absolutely right. You framed it correctly, Jacob. And now Arkansas is trying to build on momentum, still trying to make a bowl game. They have to win three straight against Auburn on Saturday. FIU next week and then they'll close out their season with maybe the team of the year in Missouri based on their expectations so it's a long way to go Um, they've struggled with Auburn in years past uh, especially under Gus Malzahn where he consistently beat the Razorbacks Uh, we'll see the first year under Hugh Freeze if you remember Hugh Freeze brought Liberty in a favor last year and beat the Razorbacks so there's a little edge I would think for Sam Pittman trying to to one-up him after last season and do it in his first years, his first years, the Auburn head coach. We're talking with Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas and co-host of the Morning Rush there in Fayetteville. Ty, when you look at this this matchup, and you brought it up already, and I'm glad you did, Hugh Freeze taking a Liberty team and beating Arkansas late last season. Can can Arkansas take anything from what they saw? I know it's a completely different team and program, Liberty and Auburn, but when you look at the head coach and the coaching style of Hugh Freeze, any any chance in your mind that, that Sam Pittman and this crew are going to look at that game and, and try to learn something? I would think so. He kind of referenced it a little bit this week. And I also think the other story, the big storyline that Auburn fans will actually be interested in is Travis Williams, 
the former All-SEC linebacker, linebackers coach, recruiting coordinator that's done a tremendous job as a defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Last year they were outside the top 120 in total defense. This year they're inside the top 40. I think at some point he's going to get offered the Auburn D.C. job and go back home. But for now, we love him here in Fayetteville. He's done a great job. So that's that's one of the key storylines that I think both fan bases are really interested in is how his defense performs against Thorne and, and company on Saturday with it being such a, I would guess, I would guess from my vantage point, an emotional game for him. Yeah, that was a, such a, a heartbreaking loss, but an understandable one when he left Auburn to take that job. And I think most Auburn fans would would absolutely love for him to get back on the planes at some point in his coaching career. We saw a couple of weeks ago, and I actually asked Hugh Freeze this this week in his weekly press conference, with Arkansas letting go of their offensive coordinator at that point in the season, you don't see that too often, um, but it, it just seemed like it had to be done, and maybe that was the saving grace for Sam Pittman to not lose his job. Uh, was that a shock to you when it happened, and was it the right move in your opinion? It really wasn't a shock. I think a lot of people anticipated when you put up three points against Mississippi State where Auburn, who's been inconsistent offensively, hung 28 right. on the Bulldogs. So just to put that in perspective, I mean, that was the last bullet in Sam Pittman's chamber, and he used it. And if he didn't use it, there was a good chance that the offense was going to continue being inept and he was going to get let go of the air. You switch, you transition to Kitty Guyton, former Ohio State quarterback, been the wide receivers coach, played that position, and things clicked. I'm not going to say they were flawless because they weren't last week, but there was definitely life, nearly 500 total yards offensively. So you're trying to now build upon that at home. They have looked horrendous at home this year. Yes, they beat Kent State, but they lost to BYU. They lost earlier this season. Uh, excuse me, they barely beat Kent State, they lost to BYU, and they lost to Mississippi State. So you're trying to give your fans something exciting to watch in front of them offensively. Maybe we'll see that on Saturday, but of course Hugh Freeze is going to have something to say about it. Yeah, this game every year, Auburn and Arkansas, whether it be here on the Plains or there in Fayetteville, it's always a weird game. Sometimes it's extremely close and ugly, and sometimes it's a blowout going either way. And that home performance record that you just talked about is really surprising to me because when Arkansas is playing well and their stadium's filled up, man, that's a tough place to play in the SEC. And so, I mean, for Auburn's sake, I hope it's not on Saturday, but I have a feeling it will be. Yeah, Jacob, it's kind of weird. So I know there's a lot of people in Alabama that participate in duck and deer hunting, and this is the opening of modern gun season here on Saturday. So I don't know if there'll be half a million guys and gals in deer stands, but there's a good chunk of Arkansans that will be in the deer stand listening to the game or maybe watching the game if they get reception, but they're not going to be at the game. So that's a huge factor, I would think, in this one. Um, It was big that Arkansas got a win against Florida, but I'm not anticipating a full house on Saturday with that being, even though this is probably, the in terms of setup being 3 o'clock, this is a good game to go to if you're trying to make one the rest of the season. Next week's game, FIU, who cares? The following week's game against Missouri should be a good rivalry. I put air quotes around rivalry. Right. But it's the Friday after Thanksgiving, which we know a lot of people can be gone for the holidays in that situation. 
Well, this is why we bring you on, man. That's that's the hard-hitting evidence we need, that the fact that if there's nobody in the stands Saturday, it's because they're out shooting ducks. I mean, that's what's going on there in Fayetteville. And so, look, Auburn will take advantage of that, hopefully, and we'll see what it looks like. We're talking with Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas here to start off the Thursday edition of On the Line. Man, K.J. Jefferson, I know he is hasn't had his best season, um, and, and I think a lot of people have – and you know this, I told you this back in July at SEC Media Days, man. People were predicting him to take a step forward. I said he was going to take a step back, and I know he may not have the talent around him to be as elite as he could be, but, man, the talent's there. K.J. Jefferson is really just a really, really good quarterback. Yeah, and I'll give you credit because I do remember that conversation we had, and I was a little perplexed by what you had to say, but you were spot on. You're probably one of, I don't know, uh, 1,500 people at SEC Media Days. Uh, and you were the only one that shared that opinion, and you were correct. And we'll see. So that game last week, is that going to be the ceiling, or is that going to be the consistency? And if it's the consistency, these next three games are going to be a lot of fun, and Arkansas is probably going to end up 3-0 with the way their defense is played. If it's the outlier or anomaly, and he goes back and reverts to what he'd been doing the previous eight games, then Auburn's going to win. And Missouri's going to win that the football game, the final game of the season. So I, I just don't know. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't necessarily throw the house on Arkansas. Uh, as you said, this is a weird game, and I, I would expect there to be some odds and ends this coming Saturday. With Arkansas's record, what it is right now, three and six overall on the season, and two uh, tough games out of the three to finish it out. Of course, Auburn on Saturday, and then Missouri, uh, which you mentioned is team of the year, I think, in this conference so far. At the end for Arkansas, let's say the the worst happens, right, and Arkansas loses on against Auburn and against Missouri, a four win season with the FIU game. Is Sam Pittman done, or did he did he do enough here at the end to save his job for one more year? I think, I mean, as long as they don't go 0 for 3 and they're not embarrassed, I think he'll be okay. I think the Florida win again, first time ever in Razorback history, they're able to accomplish that since they joined the league in 92. But you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. So execute on Saturday, win, beat Florida International, and give your chance for a bowl game. It's easier said than done. We know Hugh Freeze was able to come to Fayetteville with a group of five opponent last year. Now he's got a power five. Auburn roster that is, again, probably going to be the worst it'll ever be in his tenure right now. I mean, he went the transfer portal route, and if I had to guess, this will be the worst the Auburn roster has ever looked at any point under Hugh Freeze, the lowest point it'll be at. This is going to be a team to contend with. I'm really excited to see the dynamic of LSU, Auburn, and Ole Miss for years to come. Excited and kind of mad because Arkansas is going to have to play those teams consistently. <laughs> That's well, the way I, it's kind of weird to look at it that way, Jacob. No, I mean, I get it. And, and at least I, I think for Arkansas, they do get the benefit of the divisions going away in this conference with the addition of Oklahoma, Texas, because in teams like Auburn and Arkansas are in that boat that, you know, this, they play the hardest schedules every year because they play the best teams in college football every single Saturday in this conference. So I think they'll benefit from the split coming up. Yeah, and Auburn even has it worse. I mean, with the fact it, it wasn't as bad under Mark Rick, who was a good coach, but not the great coach that Kirby Smart is. Right. When you have to tie in the Auburn, or excuse me, the Alabama and Georgia in the same year, I mean, even when, let's go back a couple of years ago, when Jared Stenham played out of his mind in those two games, somehow, some way, you beat both of those teams, and then, oh, you got to rematch Georgia in the SEC championship game. We know how that went. I mean, Auburn fans, Listen, I, I get mad at Arkansas scheduling all the time, but there is no team in the SEC that gets it worse 
than the Auburn Tigers having those two same-year opponents every single year. I mean, it is just brutal with Smart and Saban right now. You're becoming a fan favorite on this show already, man. People are going to love having and hearing you say that and give Auburn a little praise over there from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas, a co-host of the Morning Rush there on ESPN Arkansas. One more thing before we let you get out of here. I know Auburn and Arkansas playing on the football field on Saturday, but it's crossover season, baby. Basketball season is back, and I know the Razorbacks and their fans have high expectations for Eric Musselman this season. Yeah, pick third in the media standings. And to every Auburn fan listening, including Mr. Goins, I know that Jacob and I were talking before the show, if you have not been to Bud Walton Arena, circle your calendar on January the 6th. Yep. That'll be the first SEC game between Arkansas and Auburn, first opener in Bud Walton. 19,200. I know the jungle's a tough place to play, but that will be a crazy game. I think Auburn's probably going to be a top-six team in the league. Arkansas's going to be kind of that fringe top-five, top-four range, depending on some how some chemistry shakes out. If you get a chance, go to that game because Arkansas is going to be really good. I know Pearl's a heck of a coach, and that should be a really fun dynamic matchup between the Tigers and the Razorbacks on the hardwood. Unlike, uh, unlike and I, I would guess and anticipate the same thing on the, on Saturday you know, on the, uh, the field as well. Well, the, the crowd there for the charity exhibition against Purdue and Bud Walton was unbelievable for a, for an exhibition game. It's, it's one of the biggest crowds I've ever seen. Uh, and Arkansas did win that game in overtime. I expect them to be good once again in basketball this season. And that's the plan for me, Ty. You know that. I plan on being in Fayetteville on January 6th. I hope it works out. I hope I get to see you, man. Uh, it's great to have you on. Great to talk with you, and I appreciate your time. Let everybody know where they can find you, find everything you're doing, and keep up with you and the Arkansas Razorbacks, man. Yeah, uh, just on exit, Tide Sports Radio and across ESPN Arkansas. And then when Arkansas makes the return trip to Auburn next year, I will be with you at Sky Bar and various other watering holes <laughs> in Auburn, Alabama. The best way to put it. That's right, man. And That's Dan. right. we got to invite Dan. That's too. right. Dan will be there, too. We'll make our rounds in this town. You know that. Ty, I appreciate you, brother. Take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, Jacob. That's Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas joining us here to start the Thursday edition of On the Line. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, I really enjoy talking with him and seeing him every year at SEC Media Days, and, and he covers Arkansas better than anybody. He's on the radio each and every day, 6 to 9 a.m. there on ESPN Arkansas in Fayetteville. We'll take our first break here in hour number one. We'll have a segment coming up. Well, you and I will chat a little bit before Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will join us. Phone lines are open for a couple of minutes. Come on in and join me here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, welcome back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Big thanks to our good friend Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. Again, just a great friend of mine, even better guy. He's on the radio, and he gets it, man. He, he just does a wonderful job covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Got a few minutes here before uh, we get to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. It looks like we got somebody on the phones, so let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who must be? with hey this is andy and Auburn. hey andy what's up man hey Wade, how are you i'm good man i'm good things are busy but uh can't complain hey uh enjoyed your last guest and and um, his positivity and truth on auburn yeah um, yeah i love ty man he he's uh, again a great friend of mine and, and an even better uh representative for arkansas 
Well, let us know next time you guys are at Sky Bar, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll have something over there. But um, <laughs> so impressive out of fifteen hundred, you're the one that got it right with uh, the quarterback. But um, I, I called. Uh, we we're trying to break the record for Kentucky with uh, volleyball yesterday. Yeah, so I yeah. My whole family of twenty people, hoping. Um, do you know if the record was broken? It was. It was officially broken, yes. They did break the, the volleyball attendance record at Neville Arena last night, and, and I hate that the result didn't go the way we wanted it to, and I don't think that was the best performance Auburn could put on, and I think Coach Brent Crouch would tell you that too. Yeah, that was um, – all I'm going to say is bless their hearts. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, it, was, it was tough. It was tough to watch. <laughs> were you there? I was. Yes, I was. I was oh, there. Uh, yep. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, we sat there, and first – you know, uh, first time I went to one of those, and, you know, the music was fun. Um, I didn't know you get to sit in the, the rich people's seats. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I've, been to, I've been to, you know, in my military training was at Fort Knox, and I've been to Fort Knox, and I've yeah. been to a basketball game. And I'd say getting in that rich people seating where you can get a hamburger or a hot dog and, and some free ice cream, that's more, that has more security than, than Knox. So that was cool to kind of get to fill those seats. Um, also, we uh, we were a little too late to where we didn't get to sit there, but I got mm-hmm. to touch them. But um, there you go. We're sit- we're sitting there, and uh, lo and behold, Coach Pearl comes up and sits next to us. How about that? Yeah, he and, was there. Uh, That's awesome. What what a guy! Yep. Uh, what a guy! Uh, so I'm always so impressed with him. And uh, someday I'll tell you the story about Coach Pearl. But uh, what I'm most impressed about was the Auburn fans. You know, um, they had high spirits. They kept the positivity. They were you know singing and. They didn't come down and, and bother Coach Pearl and take all these pictures. Mm-hmm. Just class act, Auburn. Love it. But um, last thing before I go, um, again, with Arkansas, I'll be cheering for Auburn. I want Auburn to win. They, they can win, but just, you know, with it being a way game, with, um, you know, our, our mistakes that we constantly make every game, the penalties, the receivers dropping balls, I, I just – I think it's pointing in Arkansas's favor. Mm. There's no way. There's no way Arkansas beats Missouri. Um, again, I, I like Auburn. Um, just not gonna. I'm not gonna bet on Arkansas either. Yeah, so, no, uh, I, I wouldn't. I would not touch this at a betting standpoint. I would not. I would not even look at the spread. I wouldn't even mess with it, man. It, it's so right, ugly I, in, in this game. It, you really just don't know. But you got a bad feeling, huh, Andy? Well, no, I just it's like flipping a three-sided quarter. I, have no, I just have <laughs> no right. idea on this one. Um, yeah, I've been right. I'm with you, I've man. been right every week so far, except um, I'm not touching this. So I'll let let the experts from Sense of Green and you talk about it tomorrow and look forward to it. And uh, we're eagle. Yeah, appreciate the call, Andy. Great to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I'll say that about the volleyball game last night for Auburn. I hope that a lot of you were there. Uh, there was a great crowd. I hope a lot of you went out and experienced that. Whether it was your first time at an Auburn volleyball event or or whether you go every game um I hope that you I hope you enjoy the atmosphere and the experience volleyball is so much fun and I know it's something that Auburn hasn't been good at for a long time but this program is doing some really special things and I hope that you don't let last night damper your your outlook on this team or this program or head coach Brent Crouch because Auburn's still a really good team but that Kentucky squad is legit. I mean, that is a national championship contending team in Kentucky, as they are almost every year in college volleyball, for those of you that don't keep up with it on a daily basis or a yearly basis. Auburn volleyball is still really good. And every time they've had a match like that, they've bounced back in a big, big way. And I expect them to do that 
coming up for the rest of the season. They've got a few more matches left in the regular season. They're still going to be an NCAA tournament team. And for the few home matches they have left, please go. Go and support them, right? Go and and, and experience that in Neville Arena where there were times with the crowd and the engagement, it felt like a basketball game, right? And it's just super fun. Doesn't take a whole lot of time. I mean, the matches aren't super, super long. And I know weeknights are tough at times, but... Go out and keep supporting, man. Support that squad. Support that program like Auburn fans do for all sports because that is a lot of fun. And so I know the result, again, was was disappointing and not what we wanted, but Auburn fought and the fans showed out and they did break the record. So um, we, uh, I know Brent Crouch, head coach Brent Crouch, appreciates that. And I love having him on the show, having him on the program. So um, go support them. And then, yeah, Andy... Maybe not doesn't have a bad feeling, but maybe doesn't have a good feeling about Auburn and Arkansas on Saturday. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of right there with him. This game's just so iffy, man. It could be, I could see Auburn winning by two touchdowns. I could see Arkansas winning by two touchdowns. Or I could see this being a 9-6 to six game and whoever kicks the last field goal wins. I don't know. I don't know. We got two more days to figure it out. And we'll see what Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network says. When we come back, he'll join us on the phone lines. Don't go anywhere. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067 and our usual Thursday guest at 2.30. It's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Brad, appreciate the time. I know crossover season is is upon us and we are drowning it at some times, but all good things and hope you're doing well. Yeah, this uh, this beats a lot of other things that we could be having to do. Is that we get to do this, so we're uh, we're excited and we're looking forward to a lot going on. Women's basketball at the arena tonight. I've got TV for that. We know the broadcast is on eight one hundred. Uh, we have Tiger Talk tonight. We have men's basketball tomorrow, and uh, our buddy Jacob Hillman's filling in for me and the uh, for updates on that because we're on our way to Fayetteville. So it's a it's a busy time, and we would not have it any other way. Yes, it is a busy time, but like you said, we are very blessed to do what we do. And, of course, on Thursdays, talking about all of those things that you just mentioned, we'll start with football. We'll get to basketball in just a minute. Football coming off of a win over the weekend in Vanderbilt up there in Nashville. Now they have Arkansas coming up. To kind of recap what you've seen over the past couple of weeks where Auburn has put together a couple of wins, what have you seen? And kind of just your breakdown of how Auburn has strung together a couple of wins here. Yeah, I think you point to tempo and the fact that they've established an offensive identity. This is who they want to try to be. And it hasn't been flawless, but it has led to two explosive plays for touchdowns in the first quarter in each of the last two games. So they've had four explosive plays for touchdowns in the last two first quarters. And 
you know, it gives you an advantage. It lets you play with a little bit of leverage now because you have the advantage. The other team might have to change what they do offensively because they're playing from behind and, and two scores behind. So, um, you know, it means that you had a, a play like the pick six for Vanderbilt that didn't totally wreck things because you had a 14-point lead uh, at, at the time. So I think uh, establishing the identity, saying they're going to be a tempo team no matter what, and roll with it um, has been the biggest factor. And as a result, it's led to those big plays and early leads, and that's led to a win. Now, would they have done that if they had played Mississippi State and Vanderbilt uh, September 30th and October 7th instead of you know Georgia in the bye week those weeks? I, I don't know. You can play that hypothetical, but the last two weeks, it's what they've decided to do, and it's worked. Well, Auburn has for sure found itself a little bit on offense, and they've put a couple of games together uh, that they've scored and had their two best Power 5 performances. And, of course, Brad, the defense continuing to play lights out and force turnovers and limit offensive scores. I mean, you got to give credit where it's due and shout out that defense as much as possible because they've played that way all year long. Yeah, you're right, Jacob. And the secondary has been good all year long. We went into the year knowing that that was a strength of the team. What you've liked the last few weeks is the defensive line. Those guys are starting to fill their roles. They're starting to understand what their jobs are on the team. And you're starting to see uh, you know, Lawrence Johnson and Justin Rogers play a little more in the defensive front. Marcus Harris is having a dynamic year. Um, Jalen McLeod at full strength. and um, You're starting to see guys win the line of scrimmage there. And, uh, and, and push the offensive line of the other team back. That allows the linebackers to plug gaps. You have Austin Keys, who's back now at 100%, and, and they've, you know, we, we've seen his impact the last two weeks, even if he's not racking up 10 tackles a game. You don't have to be Carlos Dansby and Dontarius Thomas getting 12 and 10 tackles apiece mm-hmm. against Arkansas to be effective, um, but he's where he's supposed to be. If you make a guy change directions and somebody else makes the tackle, then you know, you've contributed to the play. Asante has been Asante all year long. He's been terrific. And then uh, Cam Riley has played his best games the last two or three weeks. So um, defensive line getting a push, linebackers filling gaps, secondary covering well and making tackles in open space. And, um, yeah, it, it's an effective defense right now. And you give that defense a lead in the first quarter by two scores, and you're going to win. All, you're going to win just about every time out. Yeah, and it seems like Auburn has done that, and and you hope that they can do that again this coming Saturday when Auburn travels to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. A Razorbacks team three and six overall, one and five in conference play. That one win coming last week on the road at Florida. How much confidence does that give, I guess, this specific Arkansas team, Brad, or just any team that comes off a win off of a six-game losing streak, then they get the win, and now Auburn comes to town? What kind of confidence, in your opinion, does that give a team like Arkansas? Uh, More confidence than if they lost, and that's kind of a smart-aleck answer. But, um, (laughs) you know, we saw saw Auburn. In this league, you better go back to work and put in the, the prep time and effort on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or else you will not win on Saturday. And to Auburn's credit, it kept going back, putting in the work during their four-game losing streak. So when the when the dam finally broke and they got the win over Mississippi State, it absolutely you know you you smile a little more in the in the football facility and uh, things just seem a little bit lighter. So I have no doubt that things just seem a little bit lighter 
in Fayetteville. Uh, there's, there's not that heaviness weighing on them of trying to break the losing streak. And so what, what is more of a challenge, I think, for Auburn is that when it comes to the X's and O's, the identity of the Arkansas team, you don't really have a lot to go by mm-hmm. now that they have an interim offensive coordinator. Kenny Guyton was a quarterback at Ohio State. He's never been an offensive coordinator before. He's been a receivers coach everywhere he's been, and a fairly new one at that. So um, they have taken a lot of what they did last year, which was more RPO plus one runs, and um, they're using Rocket Sanders, who's now healthy and back in the lineup, and, and kind of basing things on the legs of Sanders and the dual threat ability of K.J. Jefferson, and they're playing to the strengths of those two guys specifically. The offensive line is not the best that Auburn has seen this year. So they they played last week with a little more tempo against Florida, try to hide some of those weaknesses, and I expect that's what they'll try to do again Saturday. Do all of those things give, uh, it, it seems like it right now, does that give give it to make it right, I guess, the fact that Arkansas is uh, predicted to win, according to ESPN, and also favored on, on a betting line, and I know that's not where we and our expertise, but Arkansas is favored to win the game, even having two less wins and having that six-game losing streak that they came off of. So I don't know. That just kind of that kind of baffled me when I see all the numbers come out that people are predicting Arkansas to win this game more times than not. Well, I do think people are looking at Arkansas and go, all right, they played within three points of Alabama. Uh, they, they shut down the Alabama offense in the second half of their game. They played to within a touchdown of LSU in Baton Rouge. So they lost these games, but every single one of them was a one-possession game. They were all very close. And so, you know, uh, keep in mind those lines aren't – they may be set by, you know, by one entity, but – uh, they will change mm-hmm. if if the money goes uh, heavy one way or the other. And so I think your your majority of the people who are putting money on this game, that's what they're looking at. That's why they like Arkansas. They they look at KJ Jefferson as a guy who's, you know, his third full season of starting for the Razorbacks, a guy who takes two, three guys to bring him to the ground and you see them play the Alabamas and LSU's very close. Closer than Auburn played LSU for sure in the same venue. And that's why they're they're putting their money there. I, I think if you look at Auburn play the last two games that it's played, and then you compare that to how they played against Georgia, even against Georgia and Ole Miss, where, look, Auburn's within a touchdown of those two teams. Those are just one-score games, too. But they now have an offensive identity, and it's not the same team that didn't play LSU close in Baton Rouge, that wasn't close with A&M in the second half in College Station way back in September. This is a this is a different team now. Auburn on the road at Arkansas this Saturday, 3 o'clock. Of course, you can find the radio broadcast over on Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com locally here in Auburn and Opelika. It is crossover season, Brad, and basketball season has begun. We mentioned women's basketball. They're off and running with their second regular season game tonight over on AU100. And men's basketball played their first game on Tuesday against Baylor out in South Dakota. They have their home opener tomorrow at home in Neville Arena. What would you see from the men's team in their season opener against Baylor uh, they drop it by six but man Brad they looked good yeah and I'll, I'll say this you can be both disappointed that you didn't win the game and excited about what's to come because the, the game is over now you can't go back and win it you don't get another chance to win it but 
at the same time, Auburn didn't go to South Dakota to play Baylor to look good. They played to win the game, and the expectation within the program is to win the game. Baylor, the last two seasons, won 50 games. Auburn won 49. They're not that different. These two programs aren't all that dissimilar. And so uh, Auburn wasn't a, a – they weren't going there as dated trying to knock off Goliath. Uh, in other words, they expected to – the expectation was to win the game, and anything short of that's disappointing. All right, now that I've, I've hammered that into the ground. Uh, improved guard play. And I, I did I hammered it in the ground just because boy BP was ticked off yes. after that game that yes. they didn't win it. He was not happy with just giving it their best. And understandably uh, so. Yeah, when when you're at Auburn, your best ought to be good enough to be even a ranked team when you're playing away from home. That's that's where this program is now, and I love that that's where this program is. Now, um, this program has better guard play this year than it's had the last couple of years, and that's exciting. Uh, to put up 82 points, there were some things that we sort of thought and, and we saw him play out, like Aiden Holloway is the real deal. I understand it's just one game, but he took almost a quarter of Auburn shots. Will you take 40% shooting from your true freshman point guard, and will you take 50% from three when he takes more threes than anybody else on the team, and, oh, by the way, six assists to go with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll take that. You better you'll, believe you'll take it. take that all year long. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, a thing that I've said about the, the game Tuesday is if Auburn can replicate that effort the rest of the way, it's going to be another 20-plus win season. It's going to be another NCAA tournament berth, and I think that's the floor. Uh, it's not likely that Auburn will replicate that because it's game one. And what do Bruce Pearl teams do from November to March? They get better. They improve. And so I don't think you see replication. I think you see improvement. And if that's your starting point – that's your ground floor, that effort that you saw against Baylor. They're going to continue to get better defensively and improve in that area of their game and, and be fairly consistent scoring. It's going to be a very fun season here for, for basketball again. I think Auburn was the better team on Tuesday night, Brad. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think they were the better team. I think they played better for about 35 minutes of the 40 in that game. And, of course, there were fans, and rightfully so once again, that were upset that the team wasn't able to close out a big victory, right? Close out a big game, and we saw that trend yeah. a little bit last year. I mean, what what can they do throughout the season? I know it's game one, but how can they find those ways to close out big games and big wins? Because they're going to have to do that once SEC play starts. Yeah, you play teams like Baylor and you don't close them out. That That's how you – I mean, because now, now you, you can go back to the film and you can talk about real game situations, not theory, but real situations, all right? Uh, how do we need to come out of the locker room? What led to Baylor's quick strike at the beginning of the half to cut a nine-point deficit down to a single possession in almost no time? Uh, how do you handle when you have a guy like Jacoby Walters, who is a, a freakish athlete and you know just it was every bit as advertised also yep. uh, in that game Tuesday night? Um, you know now some things that didn't work. And the season is like a living organism. It's going to grow. It's going to change. No two games are the same. No two matchups are the same. Even if you play a team twice, you're going to play them in different environments with the status of your team a little bit different every time. So it's a living organism, and uh, you have to have real experience. And sometimes you have to fall in order to learn what not to do or to learn what doesn't work so that you can then try something else and ultimately discover what does work. But I think with the offensive firepower this team has, 
they're going to be in situations where they're going to be able to close out games as the season goes on. Auburn basketball drops their season opener to Baylor on Tuesday. They'll be back in action tomorrow night against Southeast Louisiana in their home opener, 7 o'clock. You can actually find that game right here on ESPN 106.7. One of the few times it's normally over on wings, 94-3, but with Auburn High School playoff football, we're going to have the broadcast for Auburn men's basketball right here on ESPN 106.7. Brad Tiger talk tonight is over on wings, 94-3. Tell everybody what they're going to be hearing between 6 and 7 p.m. for Tiger talk tonight. Sure thing, Jacob. Pretty football-heavy conversations as, as, as they are during this time of year. We have Coach Freeze with us for about half the show. Uh, we'll talk with the Arkansas play-by-play uh, -play man, Chuck Barrett, and get the opponent perspective on this game. A little bit of a preview as well of, of both the women's basketball game tonight and men's hoops tomorrow. So all of that is coming up on Tiger Talk. Looking forward to it, Brad. I appreciate you and your time. I know it's busy. We're all running around like crazy people and, and not seeing our families very often, but it's worth it, and we love what we do, and I appreciate you taking the time here on this Thursday afternoon. Tell everybody where they can keep up with you and everything going on with the Auburn Sports Network. Sure, yeah. We'll point them to the Auburn Sports Network, their AU Sports Network on uh, X and on Instagram. And so make sure that you, you give them a follow for some behind-the-scenes content and stay updated when you know, we post post-game audio there. So if you hear it on the radio on, uh, on Wings 94.3, it's something you want to hear again, uh, give us a follow, and you'll get the links for that and, and a whole lot more. Perfect. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you, man. Have a great weekend. I know you're busy. Have some great calls, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank you, Jacob. You got it. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Joins us every Thursday at 2.30 here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We do appreciate him. Always fun catching up with Brad Law. He just has so many different perspectives and different analogies my favorite part about it the analogies he comes up with are just better than anybody so we'll take our final break come back and wrap up our number one phone lines are open for a couple of minutes give me a call what's on your mind on a thursday afternoon we'll wrap up our number one when we come back and then auburn high school's head football coach keith etheridge will join us as we continue on a busy thursday edition of on the line you are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up our number one, 334-321-1390. Dak, you got a couple of minutes, man. What's on your mind? Hey, man. Uh, no, I was just going to talk about uh, you know what ESPN and all the other shows in the morning has been talking about, the punishment for Michigan and, yeah. and reason why or why not. I got the perfect punishment. Okay. okay. And I think it would make all the Big Ten coaches happy. And at the same time, it, Michigan might be happy with it. All right, let's but hear it. Disqualify them from the Big Ten championship. From the Big but Ten championship. In, okay. Yeah, but if they're still in the Final Four, they're allowed to go play you know, for that. So why but one and not the other? Why one and not yeah. the other? I'm curious. Well, just because it's the Big Ten coaches that had gotten together and put all this together against them anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to come up with something that would please them. But, it, you know, because, you know, look, we all probably expect just a little spat on the hand anyway. But that ain't going to be enough for the, you know, for the other Big Ten coaches. Right. You know, they're going to have a fit if something serious ain't done. So I figured that would be a fair and, uh, you know, something that they both can settle with. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's not a bad idea because, I mean, the, the sign-stealing things and the way that they're using them is – 
major majority against, I mean, 90% against Big Ten schools um, because that's obviously who they play every week. So, honestly, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that would be enough for Big Ten schools to be okay with it because especially if Michigan, let's say they beat Ohio State, but they can't go to the Big Ten championship game, Michigan's still undefeated no matter who wins the Big Ten championship do you leave Michigan out because of what there what happened right there I don't know I'm just I think that's something that would come up and well, if you, go ahead had it in, back a long time ago wasn't didn't somebody get disqualified from like a conference championship but got to play and go play for the national championship didn't that happen in the past it sound something like that I can't I can't remember what what exactly it was but it's just so weird right now because the problem is it's the Big 10 and the Big 10 schools are putting the Big 10 schools are putting so much pressure on the Big 10 and you've got the NCAA who's supposed to be the big governing body who they heck they probably don't even know what's going on right now they probably don't right, even know there's right. a problem you know so well it'll take it'll take 2 or 3 years before they ever even <laughs> yes. came down on a Punishment, yeah. Yeah, and shoot, the NCAA just came out with something about the Women's Basketball National Championship refereeing and how it wasn't up to par. Like, man, that was six months ago. (laughs) Yeah. You know? But the thing that they never bring up in the mornings on all the talk shows is the fact that he was suspended already this year. Yeah. And this happened during that time. Yeah. So that should be something stronger than just – uh, two or three game suspension, which is what I'm expecting to happen. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be anything this year, Dak. I'm going to be really honest with you. I, I think it's so tough to to implement something in season, especially this late. And think about it this way, too. Not many people want to admit this. Michigan, as of right now, Michigan and Ohio State are their two ways in to the national championship to the college football playoff. Well, one of those is going to fall off because they play each right. other. So well, I, I, think, I think Penn State's going to beat them. Really? You think Penn State wins this I weekend? I, I think so okay. because they've not been tested. I don't, I don't think they – look, if we played the same people they've played mm-hmm. up to this point, don't you think we'd be undefeated? I don't know if I don't know if Auburn be undefeated, but they'd be pretty close, Dak. Hey, yeah, gotta, I think we would. Got to hey, get out of here, Coach man. Ed, tell Coach Etheridge to beat Baker, but don't hurt our wide receiver that signed with us. <laughs> I'll let him know, Dak. Great to hear from you, brother. Speaking of Coach Etheridge, he'll be joining us when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. The Michigan stuff is crazy, man. And I know we haven't talked about it nearly enough, but there's so much to get into. But Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, joins us when we come back. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. 
Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. They are our wonderful studio sponsor each and every day between 2 and 4 p.m. here on ESPN 106.7, so be sure you go and check them out over in Midtown. Hour number one, it was busy, man. We had my good friend Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas previewing the Ar- the Auburn and Arkansas football game coming up on Saturday. Also talked a little basketball with Ty as well. So uh, we had him to start out the show. Then we had Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Thursday talking Auburn football, basketball, men and women's. Uh, Tiger talk coming up tonight. Lots going on in the world of Auburn athletics. So we talked to Brad Law back in hour number one as well had a couple great phone calls as well so if you missed any of that be sure to go and find uh, the podcast you can find the show on demand wherever you get your podcast just search on the line or go to our station website at espnau.com well as we do every thursday to start off the show in hour number two we have auburn high school's head football coach keith etheridge joining us on the phone lines coach great to hear from you man it's playoff season baby hope you're doing well Uh, doing great jacob just just glad to still be here talking. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, coming down the stretch, I know we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. It down the stretch, it was up in the air on if you guys would make it and who you'd be playing and where you'd be at, and and all of that confusion is finally behind you. You and your Auburn High School team will be traveling to take on Baker tomorrow night on the road for the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Baker's got a really good team. You know, it's a, it's a little hike for us, about three fifty, hmm. four hour drive. Um, they giving so, you a they giving you guys a jet or something to take down there? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump on some buses <laughs> and head down. <laughs> Well, before we before we talk about Baker, um, I want to kind of recap what this regular season was. You go all the way back to the beginning when you played Hoover on the road to start the year in a game that nobody really knew what was going to happen because it's two big name teams and, and a lot of unknowns and you win that game 39 to 14 and then you come and play your first game at home against Enterprise and you drop a heartbreaker by one and that's where it yeah. really kick-started everything the win against Dothan and Jag and Percy Julian some really really good teams in there uh, you drop a tough one to Central, 41-20, and then you back it up with two wins down the stretch against Prattville and Smith Station. What did you see from your team in this regular season that led to an 8-2 and overall record and 6-2 and in region play? I just feel like when we take care of the football, you know, when, when we don't get little silly, you know, pre-snap penalties and stuff, I think that we're usually pretty successful. You know, we turn the ball over. We were going in to cut it to one score against Central and, you know, turned the ball over inside our 10-yard line. They returned it for a touchdown, which turned it into a 21-point game instead mm-hmm. of us cutting it to a seven-point game. Um, same thing against Enterprise. You know, we turned it over four times against Enterprise. Three of those times were for, for scores for them. So, you know, um, <clears throat> if we take care of the football and we do what we're supposed to, you know, we've been successful. Um, now – I, I think that uh, we we caused some turnovers in some games, and we, and our kids have found ways to win close games. In that big, the big double overtime game down in Dothan, yeah. our kids found a way to win. You know, uh, the big game against Opelika. You know, um, and that's you know I, I sit and tell people all the time. You know, we're one point away from not being in the playoffs. 
mm. or one point away from being the two seed. You know, um, so you know it's it, there's a fine line when you get into into like our region two and the competition that we see week in week week out. Isn't it crazy that it really did come down to that narrow of a margin of you making it in and other teams not making it in? I mean, that that tells you right there just how competitive 7A football is in the state of Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. And we could have been, I mean, we could have been the two seed and had a home game, or we could have been out. You that's know? so crazy. I mean, that's, how close, that's how close it is. That's not you stressful know, at all, is it, Coach? No, exactly. There's three teams in our region, all 8-2, all that beat each other. And we had to go to the the tiebreaker with most wins of our out of region opponents, and you know, and it's funny because Enterprise probably played, if you want to be honest, they played the weaker out of region schedule, yet their teams that they played had as more wins mm-hmm. because think about, I mean, Dothan played Baker and they played Carroll, and then Enterprise played Rehoboth and they played. Um, I forget who else they played that was out of region, but they won both of their out of region out of region games. They played a team out of Florida, I think it was, mm-hmm. and then we played Hoover and we played uh, Ramsey. And usually Hoover's going to have you know seven eight wins at least. You know they just you know this year with that region down up there where they're at too is just a brutal region. You know, but they're still in the playoffs with four wins. Yeah, well, you look at some of the teams that are in the postseason. I mean, you look at Vestavia Hills, you look at Thompson, yeah. Hewitt Trustful, Hoover, yeah. Daphne Enterprise, Dothan, of course, Auburn Baker, and Central there as well. I mean, just some of the biggest programs in the state are competing for a state yeah. championship over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, and that's the thing. It's, it's one of those things where uh, there's, there's such parity now – that I mean, we're playing Baker, who's the two seed out of their region, mm-hmm. who has an SEC guy playing quarterback, two a receiver that's an SEC guy that's coming to Auburn, another receiver who's a Troy commit. You know, they have tons of athletes on their team, and they're well coached, and they're 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 just they're playing real well right now. So you know, at at any point in time, those guys can score. You know, they're that type of athletes. You know, so we've got to find a, a way to counteract that and make sure we know where those guys are. Baker, the Hornets are 8-2 and two this season, 5-1 and one in their region. You mentioned they are the two-seed out of their region. Uh, you, you mentioned some of the players already, but, uh, Coach, what can you tell us about that Baker team for our listeners and people in Auburn that maybe don't know a whole lot about Baker since they are uh, a, a, a plane ride away from where Auburn is? Yeah. And, and, you know, we played Baker a couple years ago. My first year here, they came to us. In the uh, in the playoffs, the opening round, and uh, I think we beat them thirty nine to three or something like that. Uh, and actually, the quarterback they have now was a sophomore, and he was starting. Okay. Um, and we put a lot of pressure on him and played real well defensively that game. And you know, I hope he remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, it's and and he's got some really good receivers that he can throw to. The running backs are a, a really really good player. You know, they get after it up front. So uh, they got a really good football team. I mean, they're one of those one of those teams that, uh, you know, they can score a lot of points and they fly around on defense, you know. Um, I think their only losses, they lost to uh, MGM, who won their region, and they lost to Dothan uh, in the middle of the year. 
Well, they have, you mentioned some of those SEC guys, Bryce Kane, their receiver who is committed uh, to play for Auburn. And so uh, we know that they've got talent, but uh, Coach Etheridge, we know that your Auburn high school team's got some talent as well. Can you tell us anything about uh, the health status and just how the team is feeling going into this first round playoff game tomorrow night? We feel good. You know, we, we've got, we'll, we'll, again, we'll play two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to play both those guys. Uh, I think Jackson's 25 for 32 since he's been back, you know, passing, uh, playing real well. It's not too um, bad. No, 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 not bad <laughs> at all. I'll take him being 25 for 30, you know, Friday night. <laughs> That's, yeah, you better but, uh, believe it. And, and, you know, Henry's playing real well, too. So they both give you something a little different. So um, it's kind of tough to prepare for, and I think that, you know, uh, that helps us a little bit. And I think that defensively we're playing well. Our kids are really getting after it, and I think that, you know, they can cause matchup problems on the edge. So, you know, uh, Kane is a twitchy, fast kid who can get behind you really fast, and he's really tough to, really tough to tackle in space because he is so fast and quick twitch. Um, you know, the other receivers are Troy Commit, who he, he's a really good player too. He's a possession guy, you know, but he has good speed. He can get behind you too, but he, he's a kid that can get vertical and go up, go up and get the ball. Um, the quarterback, you know, he, he, he can do it all. You know, I've, I've watched him film on him. He really hardly ever loses yards on runs. Um, he's always falling forward. He's a big kid. You know, big, strong kid, and he has a absolute cannon on him. We've been talking to our kids all week. You know, you can't, you can't, when you know, in high school, a lot of times you get 50 yards downfield, you sort of slow down. Right. And, and look back and check and, you know, because you're like, okay, this kid can't throw it 50, 55 yards. This kid can uncork it 65 yards. Mm, so mm. you can't, you really can't turn around and you got to play your guy and make sure that you're over the top. Don't let him get behind you because he he can. I mean, with he just, and it looks so easy to him. He just flicks it and it comes out of there like a rocket. Well, there's a reason that he is going to be playing big time football at the next level and there's a reason that Baker is the two seed but again there's a reason that Auburn High is in the pl- in the playoffs and in the postseason and has a really good chance to to get a win here Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge joining us on ESPN 106.7 the last two games of the regular season against Prattville and Smith Station you outscore them 48 nothing and 49 to 8 uh, would you put that more on the offense, just really getting into a rhythm, or that defense, which I feel like has been the strength of your team for most of the season. Yeah, our defense plays good all season. You know, our, our kids do a great job. We're playing really good up front on defense. You know, our linebackers are flying to the football. You know, we lost our start middle linebacker a couple weeks ago um, <clears throat> in that central game. Uh, White tracks are towards ACL. Uh, he had surgery. Everything went great. Good. And we've had some. Some guys stepping in there and doing a really good job, Jace Williams, uh, Andrew Hahn. Some guys have been stepping in there and doing a really good job. And 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 Ty Hudson has, has played great since, you know, uh, we moved him to middle linebacker and moved Jace to the wheel. So and Jason, uh, um, Andrew Hahn to the wheel some. So, and they've done a really good job of, of, uh, of acclimating. And, you know, Ty's going to – he'll definitely – be our our guy that starts for us next year. He's a junior, um, so he'll be coming back. And he's he's a guy that you know we played at the wheel, but now we've moved to the mic since since Wyatt's went out, and he's done a phenomenal job. 
Auburn and Baker tomorrow. First round of the 7A playoffs and AHSAA. Auburn having to make the big hike down to Baker near Mobile tomorrow uh, to play the first round of the playoffs. You can find that radio broadcast here locally in Auburn, Opelika over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Scott Bagwell and Rob Pate will be on the call. Pre-game 6.30 and kickoff at 7. And coach, I know you guys will not be doing this, but looking ahead, uh, there is a chance you have to play Central. We know it would be a rematch, but how can you take care of business tomorrow night against Baker, who, again, is a really good team? How can you guys go down and take care yeah. of business tomorrow night? Just got to do the little things right. You know, we got to take care of the football. If You know, don't turn it over. Uh, don't give them short fields. You know, make them make them sustain drives. You know, stop the big plays. You know, they've been – they've made a, made a lot of big plays this year. You know, watching film over their last two or three games, they've – They've had some really big plays, so we gotta we gotta you know keep them from making those big plays. You know they go down to Mountain Brook and beat Mountain Brook, you know in Birmingham last week, and you know they played really well. So you know we gotta just don't let them get the big plays, and and we need to win the special teams battle, which you know I think that we we can do that. Towns has been phenomenal all year long. I think he's missed two field goals all year one was a 56 yarder one was a 62 yarder that's un- so, that's unacceptable no a 60 and a 62 yarder i'm sorry <laughs> even even more <laughs> so, unacceptable man that's ridiculous yeah. put him on the bench get him out but, but anything under i think anything under 60 yards i think he's kicked uh five of those and you know he's five for five that's insane you know? so he he's he's unbelievable yeah i think he's Total, I think he's 15 for 17 or uh, on the year. So you know, just just a phenomenal kicker. You know, he gives us he gives us a little edge. I think in that department. And I think that you know, J.R. Buckner, our, our deep snapper, who's really really good. He's the best in the state. You know, uh, one of the best in the nation. He's he's had a, a great year for us. Um, and then London Carter, our holder, who, who's really good too. So um, I, I think that we 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 have a we have an edge in the in the special teams department you know offensively they've got some great athletes you know and and defensively i think both teams you know fly around and get to the ball so you know we just got to go down there and do the little things right and and we've been pretty good on the road you know uh, we've been sort of road warriors this year i don't think I think we're undefeated on the road we just got to continue that streak well, you've had plenty of practice playing on the road this year, Coach. Yeah. I mean, you guys have played just about every game on the road. So um, your, your yeah, record yeah, your record shows that you guys are playing well on a two-game win streak as Auburn High travels down to Baker to take on the Hornets tomorrow in game one of the playoffs. Coach Etheridge joining us every Thursday. We appreciate your time, Coach. Safe travels to you and your team, and good luck tomorrow night. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate what y'all do. Go Thanks, Tigers. Coach. Appreciate that. That's a Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, who joins us every Thursday on the show talking about his football team, Auburn High, on the road down near Mobile. Oh, that's such a long drive. Gosh, that's such a long drive for that team to have to make. But they'll leave early tomorrow. They'll get down there, prepare. And again, you can find the radio broadcast of Auburn High School football over on Wings 94.3. That's 94.3 on your radio dial and wingsfm.com. It'll be Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate on the call tomorrow for the first round of the playoffs. And as I said to him, if you do, we, we're just fans and media. We're allowed to look ahead. Second round. There's a good chance Auburn be playing on the road at Central once again. And Auburn has to get – got to get the win this weekend against Baker tomorrow. 
And then they could possibly play Central, who is playing Davidson in their first round. So if they take care of that game, we could have a rematch of Auburn and Central in the second round of the AHSAA 7A playoffs. So big game there. We'll talk some more coming up when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Give me a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. We appreciate head coach Keith Etheridge of Auburn High School Football joining us on the phone lines, talking about his Auburn High School Tigers on the road at Baker tomorrow. Taking on Baker in the first round of the playoffs. That'll be on Wings 94-3 tomorrow night, 6.30 pregame kickoff at 7. And want to remind you that before tomorrow, You can catch some playoff football tonight in the high school ranks as I'll be on the call with my good friend Christian Griffin. We'll be on the call for Lee Scott as they host Fortdale tonight in the state semifinals over at Judd Scott Field here in Auburn. So really looking forward to that. Should be a really good game. Uh, These two teams played each other just three weeks ago uh, when Lee Scott went to Fortdale and uh, it was a battle for the two seed and Lee Scott went down and dominated. 42-10 was the score of that game and so Lee Scott is the two seed tonight Fort Dallas the three and what the difference is there is Lee Scott had a bye last week and they're hosting tonight for the state semifinals whereas Fort Dale had to play last week and now they're traveling here to Lee Scott so that game a few weeks ago looms large right now and I'm really really excited about it should be a really good game and the winner will move on to the state championship game to take on either Glenwood or Altaga so looking forward to that Be sure you tune in tonight. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Uh, Normally, this is where things get a little weird here. Normally, Lee Scott football is on AU100, which is 100.3 FM and AU100FM.com. Tonight, for one time only for football, because of Auburn women's basketball, which is now on AU100, I will be broadcasting Lee Scott football tonight over on Tiger Country 104.5. That's 104.5 on your radio in TigerCountry.net. Um, that is, uh, we're, we're going to move some things around as we are doing with all. We just have a lot going on right now at Auburn Network. Okay, we got a lot going on, so we're having to move some things around uh, to make it all work. But tonight. Lee Scott in Fort Dale, pregame 6.30, kickoff at 7. Lee Scott in Fort Dale on Tiger Country 104.5 and TigerCountry.net. Come and join me and Christian on the call. We would love to have you. Should be a lot of fun, and we're really looking forward to it. And then in the state championship game, if Lee Scott is fortunate enough to win, they'll be back on AU100 as they always are. And then moving forward for Lee Scott, basketball and baseball broadcasts are also going to be on tiger country so i'm excited for that tonight looking forward to it we've got playoff football tonight playoff football tomorrow auburn football on saturday we've got tiger talk tonight auburn women's basketball tonight we've got auburn men's basketball tomorrow what else could you ask for ain't nobody doing it like we are nobody's doing it like we are at auburn network i'm just letting you know i'm just letting you know so Here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, though, got a few more minutes before we get to another break and back to the phone lines for another guest. Um, We uh, are going to have Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, who joins us every Thursday. He's my longest-running guest on this show since I took over. Um, He'll join us coming up in just a few minutes. What's on your mind? i got to take a breather, man. I (laughs) 
<laughs> I gotta take a breather, man. It's been it Thursdays are always busy on the show, especially at football season. But um, today was especially busy uh, with my good friend Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas back in the first hour. Brad Law in the first hour. Head coach Keith Etheridge just now from Auburn High School football, and now Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC coming up in just a few minutes. So. We got a few minutes, though. If you want to call in, we'd love to, to hear from you. Had some calls in the first hour squeezed in. And so uh, what's on your mind on a Thursday? Uh, are you interested in talking football for Auburn on Saturday? How are you feeling? I think we need to start talking about that, right? How are you feeling about Auburn and Arkansas on Saturday? Seems like everybody's kind of in the same boat, whether it be media guys or, or radio guys or just fans. Everybody's kind of just up in the air about this game. It's like flip, somebody said it earlier, flipping a three-sided coin. You just don't know where it's going to go. I mean, ever flip the quarter and it's stand up on its side? I think that could happen, literally. And then the wind will blow it one way or the other for this game on Saturday, Auburn versus Arkansas. Um, I think it's going to come down to can Auburn score, right? Can Auburn continue to score the football on an Arkansas defense that I think is a little underrated, believe it or not. Um, I don't think they're great by any means. But look at what they've done in the last few weeks. They held, held in air quotes, okay, Mississippi State to seven points, Alabama to 24, Ole Miss to 27, A&M to 34, and LSU to 34. Those are, the 34s are a little high, but Ole Miss and Alabama holding them both to 27 and 24 points respectfully, that's, that's impressive. That's good enough. That is good enough to win. That is a defense for Arkansas that did their job against Ole Miss and Alabama. And the offense couldn't score more than 21 points, and they lose both of those games. And the offense for Arkansas had their worst performance against Mississippi State. They get rid of the offensive coordinator, and they promote a wide receivers coach who then comes out and drops 39 on the Gators in Florida. So what does Auburn see on Saturday? What offense does Auburn see? I don't know. I think you're going to see a better offense than you did against Mississippi State for Arkansas. I think you're going to see a better offense from the Razorbacks on Saturday. But Auburn's defense has been one of the best in the SEC. I don't care if the numbers support it or not. Some do and some don't. But find another team that's doing what Auburn's doing defensively this season. They're going to get theirs. And the biggest thing, which has always been the threat with K.J. Jefferson, don't let him beat you through the air and beat you with his legs. There's a good chance he's going to get some with one or the other, but don't let him do both. 334-321-1390. We got about a minute. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Yeah, Dan. Hey, Dan. You got How about you a minute, brother. Okay, I'm just going to say something about basketball. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I think, I think what hurt us in the Baylor game was the fact that obviously we got – you know, put, put them in the bonus so early in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Bruce is preaching to the choir about it to all the guys. But you have your role players, and, and I'm not saying that some of them haven't done well, um, but, but like, um, you know, our backup center, he had four fouls and he played 14 minutes. And, like, two of those fouls were just really quick reaching fouls back-to-back. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, I think he's doing good, but – you can't put us in the bo- uh, put them in the bonus that quick, and then they're a good free throw shooting team. Mm-hmm. I-, I think we were better than they were, and I, I think agree. we should have won. Yeah, but 
just the way that unfolded in the second half, it, it just killed us. You're absolutely so, right. Dan, hopefully they're working on that. Great to hear from you, man. We'll have to Thanks. do it again where we have some more time, okay? Great to hear from you, Dan. Always, I, again, I hate we didn't have enough time, but the music's kicking me out of here and got to get to get to a break. He's absolutely right, though. Auburn basketball got to defend without fouling, especially against a good foul-shooting team like Baylor, who killed you at the free-throw line. Auburn will get better. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joins us when we come back as a guest-heavy Thursday edition of On the Line continues. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, and I say it all the time, this guy tells you like it is and holds nothing back. It's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Chris, great to have you on the show, man. It's, it's always a blast talking to you, and I'm sure you've got some opinions about what's going on around this conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, we're heading towards another Alabama Georgia SEC title game. Stop so, it! Uh, Stop know, it! I know it's it's. We have two fan bases that are excited, and the other ten were like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. So so is that a is that already a, a kind of alluding to what your pick is for Ole Miss and Georgia this weekend? Yeah, I mean, but but that's the thing is like, even if Georgia were to like lose the game, I still like they're going to win the. I, I don't know. I mean. They would have to win. They would have to lose to Tennessee next week in Knoxville, which is doable. But like, Georgia's been on this massive win streak. Do we really think they would lose two games in a row after you know winning every game that they won? So it's a tough ask. And, and look, Ole Miss—they're good, but I mean, this is this is different territory. I mean, every time Lane Kiffin gets to a big game, he seems to pee down his leg. So um, you know, and then the rumblings yesterday was that Nick Pettis, the right tackle. Uh, or Micah Pettis, rather, his, their right tackle got hurt and uh, has like a foot injury, and, and he's done, and he's not going to play. So, I don't know. It's just the more and more you, you get closer to this one, with it being in Athens, it feels like this is one of those games that we're going to think Ole Miss has a chance, and then George is going to pull away and win big. Well, well, we'll talk some more about that in just a couple of minutes. We got a flashback, though, to last week where we had two of the biggest games of the year so far in the SEC. Georgia taking down Missouri 30-21. to Alabama out of uh, however the world they keep winning games, 42-28 to over LSU. What would you take from those two games as we get into some other big games this weekend? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll start with Georgia. Obviously, Missouri put up a, as good of a fight as they could. I mean, I Eli Grinkwitz has done a really good job coaching that team this year. And, you know, Brady Cook played great. Cody Schrader ran the ball well. Luke DeBurden made some nice catches. But at the end of the day, you know, you make one mistake against a team like that. Here, here's Mizzou down six with the ball driving late. And Brady Cook makes a bad mistake. He throws across the field. Is there Stackhouse intercepts it? Uh, Georgia goes and gets a field goal. And, uh, and that's it. You know, a, a six point deficit turned into a nine point deficit and they weren't going to come back from that. So, um, you know, again, if I'm a zoo, I, Eli Drinkwitz, I had my chances. His biggest challenge though is going to be making sure this team regroups, resets because you play Tennessee this week and suddenly 
you know, you go from having a really good season where you were what eight and one to or seven and one and things are looking great to now suddenly you could be losing two in a row and this thing could really spiral. So their big challenge is going to be to reset and, and, and get set for Tennessee this week. And then LSU, I mean, everything that could have gone their way, you know, I thought offensively was great. Jaden Daniels played a hell of a game. He ran all over the, the Alabama defense. They made some big plays in the passing game. And then the, the ultimate formula. LSU scored with under a minute to go going into halftime, got the ball out of halftime, went down the field and scored again. I mean, that's, that's one of those dream scenarios that you hope for as an offense. The problem is that Matt Howe is running one of the historically worst defenses LSU has ever had. And it's ridiculous because they have one of the historically best offenses LSU's ever had outside of the Joe Burrow year. And yet um, the defense is just absolutely pathetic. I mean, giving up 500 yards to Missouri, 500 yards to Alabama, 700 yards to Ole Miss. If LSU just had an average defense right now, they would either be undefeated or you know, at least sitting here with one loss and, and controlling their own destiny in the SEC West. Uh, is he done after this year, Chris? Them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, Has one to the be, highest right? paid he's one of the highest paid DCs. He's making $2 million a year. He's up there with Kevin Steele and the like. But, you know, I, I look at it this way. Last year, Brian Kelly, one of the biggest issues LSU had was their special teams. They, they had flub after flub, week after week with their special teams, uh, missing field goals, getting field goals blocked, fumbling punt returns, kickoff returns, all of that. And at the end of the year, Brian Kelly made a coaching change. They, they took Brian Foley out of that role. And so I think the same thing here. Uh, you know, Matt House it w- was – shit. Sorry. <laughs> Are you good? Yep. Sorry. Somebody just pulled out in front of me. It's no. Okay. All right. Well, um, well hey, safety yeah. first, man. Are you all right? Everything good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're okay. Good. Okay. All right. You're good. Anyway. But, you know, what, what, what happened was, I mean – I think Brian Kelly's going to make a change. I think they're going to drop Matt House, and uh, you know we'll see who they decide to ch- who they decide to get. I mean, they need to make a change at defensive coordinator, but it's it's like if I'm if I'm an LSU person, I am just so frustrated knowing you just wasted one of the greatest quarterback years ever, the year that uh, Jaden Daniels just had, because your offense was inept, and it's crazy because you have Makai Wingo, Mason Smith, Harold Perkins Jr., all these good players. I, I, it's not personnel, right? Like you look at the, you look right. at the roster and go, there's, there's a bunch of really good players there. I don't, I don't understand it, but um, yeah. So I, we'll see what what changes LSU makes. But I just thought this was if they were going to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa any year, this was going to be the year. But Jalen Milrow goes out and plays a game of his life, and and I've told Alabama fans like caution yourself too. Like just because Jalen Milrow went off and and scored all these rushing touchdowns and looks great does not mean that Alabama's woes on offense are all fixed. Like, you just played a historically bad defense at LSU. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how Kentucky will play against them. Kentucky is a team that's kind of been up and down defensively, but Mark Stoops is a good defensive mind. Like, if, if he loads the box and says, we're taking away Jalen Milrow's runs, let's see if he can make the throws against uh, Kentucky to beat them Saturday morning. We've got Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joining us on the Thursday edition of On the Line, fighting traffic and, and risking his life to be on the air with us here today. Uh, <laughs> looking ahead to the games coming up this weekend, I know Auburn beat Arkansas or beat uh, Vanderbilt last weekend, of course, coming off the win against Mississippi State. The Tigers have put two wins back to back together in the SEC. I know it's low competition, but 
making a trip to Fayetteville this weekend. What do you make of this Auburn team and this Arkansas team coming off a win over Florida and the game going on this Saturday at 3 o'clock in Fayetteville? Yeah, it's, this is a 50-50 game. I mean, it, I really it's, – it's funny. You know, had, had Arkansas just looked like total – you know, dog mess a week ago and, and not looked improved at all with, with firing Dan Enos and, and having uh, Kenny Guyton calling plays now. They uh, they looked, they actually looked, uh, you know, like they had some ineptitude or, or some aptitude, I should say, on offense. So um, it's it's going to be interesting because Auburn's been been getting better week by week. We know Jarquez Hunter's had back-to-back 100-yard games now and the run game's getting going and the offensive line's played well for Auburn. So, um, yeah, man, this is this is one of those that I, it, it's literally 50-50. I can make a case for Arkansas winning. I can make a case for Auburn winning. But, um, you know, for, for Arkansas, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit more important if they're going to get this thing back on track because the selling point to keep Sam Pittman, you know, if he can finish the season on a win streak, you know, I think that they feel really good about themselves going into the offseason and keeping him. And for Auburn, you know, you knew this was a transition year and you were going to have some ups and downs. It doesn't really – you know, it's not like a pin in the balloon if they lose to Arkansas, but certainly you want to feel good and keep getting some wins here because, you know, there's a chance Auburn could be 7-4 and four going into that Iron Bowl and, you know, maybe looking at Alabama going, hey, we're a much better team now than we were six weeks ago. So um, I get it from both ends, but, man, it's I, I haven't made a pick yet because I just keep going back and forth on it. Yeah, that's pretty much been the vibe all week long. On this station, on this channel, everybody I've talked to, whether it be my guests or my listeners or people outside, I mean, it, it's just been, that's been the vibe. Chris, I had uh, Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas on today, and he had the exact same statement. Like, this could pretty much go either way, and it's a coin flip. So uh, we'll see We'll see what happens on Saturday. The other big game in the SEC this week in football, well, I know we have Tennessee, Missouri, but since Missouri lost, that kind of lost a little bit of the implications that could that game could have had. Ole Miss and Georgia, we got your thoughts on it just a little bit ago. No chance that Ole Miss beats Georgia and Athens this weekend, huh, Chris? I mean, I won't say no chance. I mean, you know, Quinshawn Judkins could run the football all day. Jackson Dart can make throws with his with his arm, you know, plays with his arms and his legs. And this is a much improved Ole Miss defense. They've really done a good job this season of, you know, outside of a couple of games like the LSU game. I mean, other opponents they've played, they've, they've been able to keep keep a little bit low scoring. And I think, what was it? It was like three straight games. They, they kept opponents under 300 yards of offense. So, you know, I think their schemes are good defensively. I still don't think they have the horses. But, you know, who knows? Georgia could, could come out, and if they play sloppy football at all, Carson Beck throws an interception or they fumble the ball away, Ole Miss will maybe capitalize. And I love what Lane Kiffin said on the teleconference yesterday. You know, he said, we're playing with house money here. Like, we're not supposed to win this game. Everybody's picking us to lose, and – yeah, but we know we have a good team. And he said, you know, I think I've gotten in my own way in, in the Alabama matchups in recent years. He goes, this one's different. We're going to play loose. We're going to play relaxed. And let's see who has the lead at the end of the game. And I think that's a that's a scary approach because if you got a Lane Kiffin that just feels completely relaxed and ready to go in and see what happens, um, you know, Kirby's the one where the pressure's on him with the long winning streak. Hey, we haven't lost a game at home in forever. So, you know, if it's a close game late, um, maybe maybe Ole Miss has a chance. But I just look at Georgia's roster. It's just it's so loaded with talent up and down, and and any guy can make a big play at any given moment. I just I can't see Georgia flip it up and loses to Ole Miss. But it, but again, even if they do, I don't think it ma- like it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Outside of if Georgia still runs the table and they beat a good Alabama team in the SEC championship game, I still think 
a one-loss Georgia gets in the playoff regardless. We'll see how it plays out. Of course, this game's in Athens. That's what all my Auburn listeners keep saying, that of course it's in Athens. If this was in Oxford, uh, it would have a better chance. But of course, Georgia gets a big game again at home, and I kind of tend to agree with them sometimes. But looking at basketball quickly, Chris, before we let you get out of here, since crossover season is here, we know all the SEC teams have been in action, uh, including Auburn that played probably the biggest opening game of the season in college basketball when they played Baylor the other night up in South Dakota, a game that I've pretty much claimed that should have been won by Auburn, could have been won by Auburn, but they just didn't. Uh, what'd you see from the Tigers? And then maybe some other thoughts from around the SEC as the season gets underway. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they played about as good as you could hope for. I mean, that's a good that's a good Baylor team with a lot of experienced players back, and you know their top twenty team, obviously. So, um, you know, I thought Bruce Pearl's crew put up as good of a fight as you could. A little concerned with some of the defense. You know, again, part of that's you're playing a really good team. I'd like to see them improve the defense a little bit more. But Aiden Holloway, I mean, how, how you know what, you can't ask for more from a kid who's just thrust into. Uh, his first big big college game, and I thought played well. So we'll see as uh, as the season goes along. But a really good, like somebody described it, they said, you know, for resume and building up your team, you know, that do you get more out of that? You know, going to play a top twenty Baylor team on a neutral site and losing a close one, do you get more out of that, or would you get more out of sitting at home and playing the Citadel and winning eighty to forty? You know, I mean, which <laughs> right. one would you get more out of? Right. So. Uh, so I agree with that. But, yeah, Auburn looks to be pretty good. Uh, everybody else kind of, I mean, it was a lot of, you know, other teams playing cupcakes. Um, you know, Georgia, they, you know, Oregon's a better team than them. Uh, so I wasn't surprised by that. I am surprised that Jerry Stackhouse loses to, what is it, Presbyterian yeah. at Vanderbilt. So, Vandy, I mean, look, I, I was looking through the numbers. They are a far cry from when, you know, when, when Vandy was, was really good a couple years back. I mean, they are a far cry from that, and uh, Jerry Stackhouse, his record there has just not been good. I know he's a, you know got the NFL or the NBA uh, pedigree, but man, it's been his record has not been good there. And, and Vanderbilt was once a proud basketball school. They are they are a far cry from that now. So we'll see as the season gets going. It was funny. I watched a little bit of LSU the other night. They played some you know uh, directional school I've never heard of, but <laughs> directional they, uh, school. Yeah, I was looking at their roster, and it's like all new guys. Like, there's only like one, one or two dudes oh. off the bench who was actually on the team a year ago. So, welcome to transfer portal life. I was telling somebody yesterday, you, you want to watch SEC basketball this year? You better have a roster sheet because uh, there's so many new faces and new names. We we got to get used to. Yeah, man, that's college basketball in a hole right now, and, and it's getting started. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk with you each and every week about football and basketball for the next couple of weeks. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us here on ESPN 106.7 each and every Thursday at 3.30. Chris, I appreciate you, man. Uh, drive safely, please, and let everybody know where they can keep up with you and your podcast. Yeah, just Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcast. We've got the video version up there uh, dissecting the the play was it targeting Dallas Turner on Jaden Daniels so we discussed all that and uh, much more up there on Locked on SEC and uh, I'm gonna go check my insurance card make sure I'm covered oh my god <laughs> did you actually hit somebody <laughs> no 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 we're good. we're good okay thank goodness oh my gosh all right Chris great to hear from you man we'll talk to you next week all right man thanks that's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He's crazy, man. He's absolutely crazy. Well, the the city and the streets over there with him, you just never know what's going to happen. We do appreciate his time and his uh, his efforts and, and maybe his life, too, that he's uh, joining us on this Thursday edition of On the Line. Bit of 
busy, busy show today, and I appreciate you all being here. We'll take our final break, come back, and wind it down. Phone lines are open for a couple of more minutes. Final thoughts on a Thursday. I know we haven't taken many calls, but we've squeezed them in every segment. Would love to do so here in the final one when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Appreciate you all joining me on this Thursday afternoon, I know they're always busy, and I know it's not the uh, the greatest uh, and, and easiest day for callers, uh, but I do hope you enjoy all the wonderful guests that I get to have on this show on Thursdays. It's always three throughout football season. We always have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, who will continue to join us uh, throughout the rest of football season into basketball and baseball season. Uh, We have Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, who joins us uh, to start the second hour every Thursday at 3 o'clock. Of course, he will join us throughout the rest of football season as uh, Auburn High on the road taking on Baker tomorrow in the first round of the playoffs. So we do hope we get Coach Etheridge for a couple of more weeks here on the show. And then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, uh, has been a longtime guest of mine uh, on this show Thursdays at 3.30. And then special for today, all the way back in the start of the show at 2 o'clock, uh, we had Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas, a great friend of mine uh, from SEC Media Days that works over there at Fayetteville and, and, and works for ESPN Arkansas. So uh, we had him on the show today as well. Four guests in a two-hour window. We had calls in between each caller as well. I mean, or each, in between each guest. I mean, that's a jam-packed show, folks. I don't know what else you want me to do. That was pretty impressive. I'll say so. Great show, great guests, and great callers as well. And I do appreciate you being a part of it. couple of updates before uh, we get out of here. Tonight, join me on the call. Come join me on the radio again tonight as I call Lee Scott football in the state semifinals hosting Fort Dale. I'll be on the call with my good friend Christian Griffin, my color commentator who does a wonderful job. Uh, We'll be on the air 6.30 for pregame and then kickoff is set for 7 o'clock between the Warriors of Lee Scott and the Eagles of Fort Dale. Winner moves on to Montgomery for the state championship game. Those football games are normally on AU100, but tonight they will be on Tiger Country 104.5. That's 104.5. FM on your radio dial and TigerCountry.net. So come join us on the call. Should be a really good game, great atmosphere, lots of fun. Um, so come and join us at TigerCountry.net or TigerCountry1045 tonight. Pre-game 6:30 and kickoff at 7 for Lee Scott playoff football. Also, an update for ESPN 1067, your current radio station. Auburn men's basketball game tomorrow night versus Southeastern Louisiana will be broadcasted live right here on ESPN 106.7. Since Auburn High School football is playing in the first round of the playoffs tomorrow over on Wings 94.3, which is the home of Auburn men's basketball as well, and Auburn football, and Tiger Talk tonight. 
Auburn men's basketball game tomorrow will be here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 106.7. So be sure you tune in for that for the home opener for your Auburn Tigers men's basketball team with tip-off set for 7 p.m. right here on ESPN 106.7. So most of those games here locally will be over on Wings 94.3, but with the playoff game for Auburn High, uh, we're allowed to to move the men's basketball game here to ESPN 106.7. So excited for that. Uh, We've got the Georgia Ole Miss game here on ESPN this Saturday. Uh, a couple of uh, NFL games on Sunday. I know we just added some college basketball games, the Champions Classic coming up next week uh, with some of the biggest names in college basketball. So, man, I'm telling you, I keep trying to tell everybody that nobody's doing it like we are here at Auburn Network. And uh, we'll have Michigan State and Duke next Tuesday. That's literally number four and number two. And then number one, Kansas, and number 16, Kentucky, both here on ESPN Radio and ESPN 106.7. I mean, Again, I don't know what else you want us to do. I think we're doing a pretty darn good job, and I hope you're enjoying all of our wonderful content across all of our six wonderful radio stations. But um, as we get out of here, got a, about a minute or so, um, we've talked about a lot today, man. We really have. We talked a lot of, of Auburn basketball, Auburn football. We had the Michigan stuff come up today, which is a wild situation. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter during the last break. I just heard some audio from Lane Kiffin uh, talking with a player, and they're trying to dismiss a $40 million lawsuit. Um, that's a pretty ugly situation that they're trying to deal with there in Oxford. Um, yeah, just lots going on, man. Busy, busy time. And I'm looking forward to doing it again tomorrow on the Friday edition of On the Line, where we'll have Eugene Asante, Auburn linebacker. He'll join us tomorrow. We'll also have Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, will join us in the studio for hour number two, brought to you by our friends at Green Heating and Air. We'll talk all things SEC, making our picks, talking Auburn and Arkansas. I got to come up with who I'm picking, because as of right now, I still don't know. I still don't know who I'm going to take in Auburn versus Arkansas because it really is a coin flip, and everybody is on the same page there. Kind of crazy. Should be a lot of fun. Come join us tomorrow here on ESPN 106.7. Join me tonight, Lee Scott Football, on Tiger Country 104.5 and TigerCountry.net, 6.30 pregame kickoff at 7. Until tomorrow, 2-4, to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.